Welcome to another episode of Through the Lens of Christ, a podcast that uh, Steve Douster and I um, do. So, hello, Steve. Hello, Adam. And we are we are here together tonight to talk about a um, another critical conversation about how do we understand uh, um, not just that we exist in this world, not just that we're believers, but we're we're called to be believers in Christ and also live in this world. And so, how do we view events? How do we view things that are going on around us? And how do we make good uh, biblical decisions, constantly keeping our eyes on what Paul considers to be the prize? How do we continue um, to see everything through the lens? Of Christ, and so for this episode, we're going to be talking about what's coming up here in um, a little, almost a month and a half, five, six weeks. We have an election coming up on November third, um, and there's so much noise and tension and emotion around it. Uh, I'm sure there's been other elections like this. I don't remember one this tension fueled in my lifetime, um, but it's it causes a lot of emotion. And so what we'd like to talk about. Um, tonight, and we'll loop in some of the conversation around uh, Supreme Court uh, Justice Ginsburg, but talking about this um, aspect of how should we vote? How do we come to a decision on this? Um, and how? Why are all of these things critically important? So I'm gonna I'm gonna start there, and I'm gonna say just ask Steve if he's got any thoughts as we enter this election and and words of wisdom that we can have. I don't know how much wisdom I have. Actually, I thought the podcast was going to be named Who to Vote For on November the 3rd. So, like, we were going to tell you who to vote for, but we're not, I don't think, going to do that. Be a short um, podcast. Yeah, be, yeah, well, we'd make lots of enemies and very few <laughs> friends, I'm sure, anyway. so. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it is a, it's a big subject. I think it's a challenging topic. There are a lot of aspects to it, and and we want to make sure that we think about it from a biblical Christian standpoint and not a secular worldly standpoint. So I guess if I think about this, my first thought is um, I'm not so passionate about this. I'm way more passionate about other things, and I I want to be more passionate about other things like um, faith in Jesus Christ, like Christ himself. And I think, you know, I see a lot of passion and anxiety and, and people talking and getting very animated about this subject. I would like to see them at least as animated about the subject of Christ and his kingdom as opposed to an earthly kingdom with a earthly ruler in place. Yeah, I am totally with you. I get myself into trouble often um, because people think I'm not political enough and mm-hmm. that I don't have a strong point of view. And I've got lots of points of view and I've got lots of opinions. I don't find any of them to be as important as understanding who Christ is and how do we, how do we have a fuller understanding of, of God and what's happening in our world. And I, to your point, I think that we've got, we are so much more passionate about um, our faith in our leaders than we are about our faith in Christ. And yes. that's that's a detriment. I think that's true. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, because we had talked about this topic, you know, a week or so ago to be talking about it, and I was just thinking about how to, how to engage with it. And one way we might engage with it is thinking about it from the two kingdoms approach, thinking about it from the, you know, the, the kingdom of Christ approach and the outside the kingdom of Christ, the, the worldly, earthly kingdom approach. And as I kind of survey the landscape, I, I want that to be my dividing line and my understanding, looking at the the world through a spiritual set of eyes from Christ's kingdom and, and allowing the other world to be separate from that kingdom. So when I do it that way, I, I get rid of, and I, I, the distinction gets blurry a little bit, and sometimes it's clear, between left and right, Republican and Democrat, um, you know, in this case, say, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, um, when I'm looking at it from a two-kingdom approach 
rather than more of a secular or um, you know nationalist kind of approach. And so that guides my thought as well, because as I, as I look at both parties, both candidates, I mean, I, I look at it as, as a sinful mess. <laughs> I just, maybe I'm going to make everyone an enemy right now, but, but a, a sinful mess all the way around. And, and I, and I kind of see the left and the right both being anti-Christian in a way, or in different ways, or anti-kingdom in different ways, and that guides my thought as well. It makes me um, feel some compassion for all sides and all points of view, because I don't believe their biblical points of view uh, almost never are very strong biblical points of view. They're they're kind of utilitarian in a biblical way at times, but not in a spiritual way. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on that for a minute because sure. I think on the I'm gonna focus on the. Um, the Trump side, so we'll say the Republican side, because we've got, um, I'm guessing the people that are listening to us are mainly Trump supporters, so we could pick on the Democratic side and get lots of cheers, but I want to... Could be because of where we live, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I just I, I just heard, you know, on a national podcast that we live in the wow counties, right? The, the wow counties that surround Milwaukee, and, and it's nationally yeah. known right now because of the importance of Wisconsin in politics. Yes. So, sorry. No, but you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. So... The the question becomes, because you made the comment that you think that both sides are actually anti-Christian, and I actually agree with that sentiment, and I, w- I want to give my perspective on why, and then I want you to clarify why sure. you see it that way. Yeah. Um, I see, and I, again, I think the Democratic side is anti-Christian based on the agenda that they're pushing. I think that the uh, Republican side is anti-Christian because of the view they're giving of what a Christian is, and I think it's this aspect of... Um, all the, uh, Piper would call it Christian hedonism, right? That we should be doing everything to glorify God, and that's where we find our pleasure. I see this hedonistic lifestyle being uh, uh, just exalted in right now in our Republican leadership and saying that, you know, we do what makes us happy and we're going to drive, and every now and then we're going to throw some some God or some, some book of the Bible, maybe like 2 Corinthians, and we're going to pretend that we know what we're talking about, and then we'll have the religious right cheer because we use something, some comment that makes us feel Christian. And I think it really demeans Christianity, a faith in Christ. Well, yeah, I think there's a, there's a there's a connection between what you know the average America thinks a Christian I- American thinks a Christian is, and they associate it very distinctly with, say, the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and they think that that's the face of Christianity in the nation in a lot of ways, and that's a, that's a real that's a real shame, and that's a real challenge for individual Christians and also the church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I look at it in a similar way. I mean, I look at it as as in general general terms for sure here, but mm-hmm. in general terms, the left is more in your face openly anti-christian from a you know to a biblical christian point of view sure. but i think the right is kind of co-opted that way and they they actually oftentimes co-opt the church and co-opt the name of christianity to further their own agenda which is not really a biblical agenda either so i see a lot of unbiblical things going on a lot of anti-christian things going on one is really front and center with it and shows it like in, in animosity that's really clear and easy to see, but the other is just using it and yeah. using that Christian name and using the Christian heritage of the United States, perhaps, um, to get the same th- to get the things that they want in a different way. Yes. Now that shows me as being quite a skeptic and probably a really <laughs> negative guy. But but I, I I see that in the cultural way, and and I don't and I don't see that um, I, if I'm looking at it through spiritual eyes, looking at our culture. That seems somewhat clear to me um, in my mind. I haven't. You can, you, can, you know, yeah. kind of go at that a little bit, and I'm sure you can find some holes in my theory there. But yeah, it's my general. 
No, and I think that's what that's what keeps me dispassionate about politics mm-hmm. is because I don't see I see more Sauls than Davids. And I see that that we have a desire for a leader that we want and and we build that leader up to be something that just because he's a head taller than everyone else and just because he he says the right things sometimes, so all of a sudden we drive towards that and then we just blindly pursue it. And then it creates division where I'm like, there's not really division there. Now we and I'm sure we will, but you can get into to policy conversations and I say the Republican Party is moving the policies in the right direction. But when I talk, when we'll talk about like biblical value things, sure. things, things like uh, uh, alternative lifestyles and homosexual marriage and uh, pro-life and those concepts. Yes. But all the other pieces of this, I think, are really, and you said it, really anti-Christian and, and actually give us um, a really poor representation. Because what I don't see is if we, if the Republican Party is truly the, the Christian party, then there should be this love of Christ that is drawing people to it. Yeah. And what we see is that the Republican Party is becoming increasingly divisive and pushing people away from it. Yeah. And so that's what causes me to say, I'm, I'm not sure Christ is at the center of this. I think that the words might be right sometimes, but I'm really concerned about what's at the heart of it. Yeah. In some ways, I don't know if you've heard of the the, um, the statement, a horseshoe effect. So there's, there's, there's this horseshoe effect as each of the parties and each of the left and the right become more radicalized, they actually turn into much more like themselves. It's not like a far left and a far right with a straight line. It's in a horseshoe, and it turns out that everybody's angry, everybody's opinionated, and, and nobody's uh, wanting the things that, that Christ has to offer for us, uh, looking for the glory of God in all things. It doesn't happen. Yes. The other thing I thought of as you were, as you were speaking is, you know, there a lot of people put a lot of faith in salvation. Uh, salvation is probably a strong word, but it's not too strong for some. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith and salvation in politics and in, in the cultural moment, and we should not be looking mm-hmm. there for that at all. We actually should be looking for salvation through Christ, and and our reaction and our political engagement should flow out of that, and and not be you know centered on the culture, centered on the law, politics, Supreme Court, whatever it might be. Agreed. Yeah. And now, so we w- we've talked a lot about why we shouldn't be putting an overemphasis on politics yeah. and, and why we have to make sure we stay grounded on what's most important. And so if you have uh, 30 extra minutes in a day, I would encourage you to not be spending your time studying politics and hop into scripture, try to, to, to read a theological book, try to do something that centers yourself, pray, right? Something that actually moves us forward in Christ. But we also do live in a world where politics matter, and they do actually help to move agendas forward. And so it is important that we actually understand uh, what's happening from a policy perspective. How do we make decisions? We've identified that neither's right, Mm -hmm. but how do we begin to make good biblical decisions on where to cast a ballot in November? And why why does it matter uh, that we cast a ballot in November? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, here's my first take on it. Certainly politics matters and government matters. That's biblical. I mean, it do, it does matter and God has put the government over us for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's a good and fair example. Um, I think it's I think it's really challenging when we think about what to do because it's a very complicated question. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we think about as I think about say the political race, the the presidential race right now, we've got Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the two main yeah. left and right, you know, Republican Democrat. But it's more complicated than just two men. We're not just evaluating two men. You mentioned it before. We're also evaluating two platforms. So so we've got the Democratic platform and the Republican platform. And there's pros and cons all the way through all that. And and you mentioned, I think rightly so, the Democratic platform is much more in your face, openly um, 
you know, policies that go against the, uh, the church or Christ or, or people, and including the abortion in the abortion con- context as well. The right and the Republicans are not quite that way. But then we also have two men there that are involved too. So that, yep. that choice is a very challenging choice to make. Um, and, I, and I'm not even going to say, I'll get a little bit, well, I'll get even more controversial here too. Yeah. There, there, is, there is a case that can be made for overstepping the cultural moment. So as I, as I think back, um, the, typically culture drives the political process and the political moment. But sometimes the politics can get out over their skis a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and the culture has to kind of catch up and, and do things. I think that's what happened with Roe versus Wade um, back in 1973. I think the law got out over the skis of the culture, and we've been, we've been reaping the, the terribleness of that ever since. Um, there's a little bit of that with even like the Obergefell decision with the you know man and woman uh, marriage you know the, the homosexual marriage kind of statute and, and all that that came into play. Although not so much, I actually think the culture is moving in that direction. And, and if we don't, I'm, I'm going to step way back away from this race again. If if we don't understand that the culture is what changes our country and changes you know we change people's hearts one heart at a time, one life at a time, and that has an impact on the culture that's much more important than politics in general. That's what actually will drive politics and make and make things uh, in a better way for us to live and more in God's plan and in more God's understanding and liking. I hope that was understandable. I feel like I said a lot of weird things there. But I just want to make the mention, culture really does drive things. Individual relationships and and being able to talk to one another is really important. And right now we're not at a very good place in our culture with regard to that. So would it be fair to say that um, in your view that that the results of the election are really defined by the wave of the culture? Right. That usually right. That over time, culture is moving in a direction. And once it reaches a certain point, it comes out from a, who we elect into office. Well, I, th- I think that's usually true, especially in an election, because it's, it's we get the president that we deserve, in, in my opinion, most of the time. So um, Trump, love him or hate him. And there's lots there's some things to love and there's some things to hate. Um, we have kind of have the guy we deserve. And the next time I think it'll be the same way. Sometimes laws cannot be so much that way. A law can be put into place that actually can do more damage than good. And, and what we have right now is this this super hard left and right fighting, and one gets a victory, and the other side tries to counter it, and there's really not a lot of middle ground. So you get this overreach, and then another overreach in that, in that reaction to that overreach, and we get into these really difficult situations. And, and we, 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 we really get into problems that way, and that's, that's what's happening right now as well. Um, I don't know how that goes toward the answering your question of who we vote for and how does that how do we look at that, but that no, maybe serves some context. I think yeah, because I, I think the the way that that I'm seeing all this play out is is uh, two things. So one, I'll I'll, I'll try to briefly summarize what you were talking about, sure. which is the fact that our most important effort should be around how do we bring Christ to the culture. Yes, right. So that has impacts far beyond this election on November third. Can I actually go one step back? Yeah, our most important effort should be how do we love Christ ourselves. First, sure. yep. know him. I just want—I know you believe. That. I just want to clarify and not miss that. We need to be in the Word, worshiping ourselves, loving Jesus, and then that outworking will be toward an evangelistic type. Rex, I'm sorry to do that, yeah. but no, no, no. So I think that's because that—that that, I mean, 
that's part of our problem right now is that we're identifying Christianity with a party yeah. rather than identifying Christianity with transformative power within us. I think so. And so we're not bound and rooted together and growing well in community. Then therefore, the cultural wave that's happening is opposite of what it should be. Yes. And so it's great distinction. And the point is, is that that's not going to happen by November 3rd. Correct. Right. And so whatever happens on November 3rd, we still have greater work to do that must be done. And I, I, I fear that regardless of the outcome on November 3rd, we're going to be distracted by what happened on that day <laughs> yeah. rather than actually being further uh, anchored in the Christ that we should love more than anything. And so, so one is that, right? I encourage everybody that we should be f focused on, uh, we talk about this word almost every time that we have a conversation, but this idea of sanctification, right? That we would be growing up spiritually mature in the truth of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that's first. From there, it becomes this idea of, but I do have an election that's coming up, and I do have this immediate event. And so I, th I think in, in short, what we would say is, understand that there's a ripple effects on all of these choices. I was just having a conversation with a, a local Christian school board and um, about the idea of school choice. Mm -hmm. And now, while that's a really good program, right, the school choice will allow other people who might not be able to afford private Christian education to be able to partake in private Christian education. In theory, that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. um, my challenge back on this is that there's a, a Christian school up in, in Oshkosh, 50% of their funding comes from school choice. Now, if we end up with a Democratic president and a Democratic house, and we, we end up with Democratic rule, mm -hmm. they easily can come in and say, now you everybody who's going to receive school choice funding must teach a LGBTQ-sensitive course. Right Now, if you're 50% funded by that, how are you going to make that decision? The decision is either I got to bow to that demand or I got to hold firm to Christ and fire half my teachers, lose half my students. Like that is a massive consideration. This school in Oshkosh has what they call a doomsday plan that the, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, it's easy to write a doomsday plan. It's really hard to execute a doomsday plan. And so how do we make sure that we understand that every decision that's made builds, and it's what you're talking about, this cultural wave, yeah. it builds us heading somewhere. And yeah. so I want us to take the, the idea of politics seriously, but make sure that we don't take it more seriously than what matters most. Well, I think it's a really important point. So so what happens is we need to, we need to think further ahead than just the decision of the moment. Mm -hmm. We need to think about the reaction in the culture to that decision, whether it's a law or a vote or, or whatever it might be, and see what might become of it. We can see what's happening even right now, just moving on to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So, so the Republicans are generally saying, we are going to get a nomination done right now, and we're going to get it done before the, perhaps before the election if we can and get that set in place. And what are the Democrats saying? They're saying, you do that, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pack the court. We're going to add states to the union. We're going to do all these other things. So, so the reaction to that um, is, is important to consider as well. Is, is that the thing to do? Maybe it is. I mean, I mean, would I like a conservative justice on the Supreme Court? Yes, of I course. would. Yes, I would. Um, but we also have to think what the effect that might be. I mean, if we were to demand, here's, here's, a, here's a controversial thing, I think. Mm -hmm. If we were to all of a sudden get um, a law of the land that, that got rid of Roe v. Wade right now. Yeah. Um, if it's done before the culture is ready for it, there will be a backlash against that like you have never seen before. And it could, act, believe it or not, I think it could actually move back 
the the the, the life cause um, just by because of that because the culture is not ready for it. We have to get back to knowing Christ, loving Christ, and moving out from there into the culture to to be able to change things. Now. I don't know how this is going to work, but but Jesus does know, and, and God has a plan for this nation, and that's our job, I think, job number one. Voting the right way and getting the right things accomplished as much as, much as possible is job perhaps number two or three or four, yep. but it's not job number one. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that we, we owe it that we would understand long-term, understand uh, policies, understand what the net outcomes are going to be, try to see as best we can. Yeah. Our problem is is that we're so focused on politics, we're missing the big picture. Yes. And so if we, as believers, stepping back, because I agree with you on your whole Roe v. Wade conversation. I and think and that, I, want, I, right? I want there to um, be a choice for life in this country yes. like nobody's business, so don't right. take me the wrong way but, on that. Yep. But yeah. And it, right, the, the challenge is, and people will say, well, like, how can't you want Roe v. Wade overturned? I do. I do. Desperately do. Yeah. The problem is the way I see it right now is we, as we play this game of you did this, so I'll do this. Yeah. It's we overturn Roe v. Wade tomorrow. You're going to have a Democratic platform that is now desiring to do something else, potentially more damaging. Yes. And so this isn't about upping the ante. It's about trying to say, why is there a Roe v. Wade in the first place? Yes. Right? And so if we don't change that heart behind that, right. well, big deal. We can change a law in the books. Right. Well, it'll go back to, I mean, the first thing it'll do is go back to the states. Yes. And so, right. so, so right? So, so yeah. the, the states will choose because the federal yes. government has gotten out of that business then. Yeah. And so then that'll happen. And it, so, so, yeah, the, the hearts yeah. still have to be changed. We need to pray that God would do that. Uh, we need to pray for the souls of our neighbors and our friends and our, in our country. Yes, and that's that's where we want to end it. Is that this is this is a moment in time that is filled with long-lasting decisions. Yes, but our prayer is that those long-lasting decisions to draw derive from an eternal hope in Christ, rather than focusing on politics or some other distraction. So, as we come to November third, I would encourage you to understand who you're voting for. Encourage you to understand policies and movement behind that. But beyond that, be praying for the leaders, be praying for wisdom, be praying for discernment, and be praying that hearts would be changed for Christ. Love Jesus first. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Adam.